Hello and welcome to the Swift Coders Podcast, where each week we interview an amazing Swift developer about their experience with Apple's new open source programming language. We hear their stories, learn their tips and tricks, and try to leave you feeling inspired and empowered on your Swift Coder journey. I'm your host, Garrick, and today's guest is Hansa Prokesh. Hansa is a Mac developer that's using Swift to build iOff, a Mac app that enables you to put timers on your Apple scripts. Welcome to the show, Hansa. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for being here. How's it going? I'm good. I just got from visiting my family. Right, right. Yeah, I'm going to go visit my family in a little bit. Sunday is family day. <laughs> exactly. So Hansa is in Prague. Prague is in what country? Czechoslovakia. Czech Republic. Republic. Okay, there's no Czechoslovakia anymore, it, it right? It ended in about... 1994 or something like that. Okay, so Czech Republic, you're in Prague, pretty rad, never been there before. I want to go. Hopefully I get to go there soon and we can hang out. Yeah, it's a beautiful city. Yeah, I heard, I heard. Uh, My fiance actually, she really wants to go there. It's always been a a place that she's wanted to go. So how's the weather over there right now? Oh, cloudy, really cloudy. Is it cloudy? Is it usually cloudy there or is it sunny sometimes? Just it's it's spring in summer there's Sunny most okay, of the so, times. So in the spring and the summer, there is, there's some sun sometimes. Yeah. I'm in sunny Southern California. It's always sunny here. <laughs> so a little bit of background on how Hansa and I met. Uh, I guess maybe you tweeted me or maybe you followed me. I'm not sure. Uh, what, how did you. it work? I okay, followed so. you after I listened to your podcast. How did you hear about the podcast? I was just searching for a Swift podcast to, to learn something new. Oh, man, I'm so glad you found it because that's exactly why uh, I'm creating this is for me and for you and for all of us for that exact reason, like looking for something, you know, to learn about Swift. And yeah, so, okay, awesome. So you found the podcast and uh, what you, you, I don't remember, you tweeted me or you? No, no, I just followed you and you followed me back and write me. All right, cool. Yeah. So I remember when, so, so that's how I found out about you and I saw like, okay, this guy is making a Mac app, like, you don't really see that a lot. So instantly, I'm like, interesting, who is this guy? And I look at your website, beautiful website for iOff. Thank you. It sounds, yeah, really beautiful. And the project sounds interesting. I'm not very familiar with Apple scripts, but I can see how that uh, would be interesting. And I'm like, man, I got to find out if this guy's working with Swift. And if he is, I got to interview him. So <laughs> that's, yeah, so that's how we met. Thank you so much for being here and for coming on and, and doing My what pleasure. you do. My <laughs> pleasure. All right, so what are you working on right now? You're working on iOff. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's a timer for your Mac. You can shut down it in about four hours or so, or restarts, or or plan any Apple script you want. You come up, like planning your backups, or shutdowning your computer after finishing a movie before you go to sleep, or after some downloading, so you don't okay. run over the battery. Okay, so you can essentially do anything with like anything you can do with an Apple script, you just you have that Apple script and then you just set a timer to it. Exactly. So what are some typical things? It sounds like you said you can restart, you can shut down, you can schedule a backup. What are some other things that uh, that you do with a, with an Apple script? I mean, is that kind of like Automator and workflow, like where you like take a bunch of photos and rename them or resize them? Is it kind of like that? It's re- really similar to that, but it's more a programmer language than than just like than just clicking stuff and moving around it's more oh, specific text like okay okay so how long have you been working with apple script for not long for about as long as i'm working on this on this app oh, okay yeah i've never i've never i mean i've heard of apple script but i've never looked at it i don't know what it looks like does it look like a programming language does it look like swift for instance it's friendly programming language you talk with it like more so human human language like if you, you you write tell iTunes to pause or something like that. Really? So where do you go for this? Like where do you is there a program on your Mac called Apple Script or how do you get started it's with that? It's named Scripts Editor, I think. Okay. And then in the scripts editor is there like uh, some documentation about sort of how to 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 write this language? Not really. You need to Google for it. Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not really used anymore. 
Really? Okay, so there's no like documentation on like how to write AppleScript. I mean, like there's no Apple documentation, like a source where you can go and learn about it. Um, probably there is, but not not a really great one. Interesting. Okay, so how did you get like what came first? Is it IOF or did it AppleScript script come first, or did your interest in Mac development come first? Like, how did you get into the the AppleScript? Oh well. Into AppleScript, I, the first idea was for the app because I always wanted to create something for Apple Apple platform. So okay, so you had the idea of you wanted your idea was I want to make a Mac app. Well, not exactly Mac app, some app. I don't really okay, so you, knew. Okay, uh, you wanted to make okay, you wanted to make an application for exactly, for Apple yeah. devices. Okay, so that was your sort of first idea. Then what happened? Then what came next? I was thinking, thinking, and I always go to sleep with some movie running in the background. So uh, I always woke up with drain old butter at my Mac. Right. So I I think how to solve it, and this was the first idea that, that came to me. So now I know some people are out there asking, well, why didn't you just plug your computer in while you went to sleep? And I'm assuming it's because maybe that's bad for the battery, right? You don't want to leave your laptop plugged in all night. Yeah, that, that's one, one of the reasons. And, pro, and to save energy for the planet, it's also good and that wow, stuff. Wow, Hans, uh, environmentalist, <laughs> loving it. Okay so, <laughs> okay, so you're going to sleep, you're watching these movies, you wake up, your computer is you know, dying, every, it's dead, there's no battery. So you're like, okay, maybe I, can make, maybe I can make an app for this. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, exactly. So how does that lead to AppleScript? Well, I was thinking about how I could do it, and the AppleScript seems to me I could as the best solution for it. Okay, so then were you? So then you started just doing it with for yourself, like you were writing these Apple scripts just for yourself, and then you realized, wait, this could be a cool uh, Mac application. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, the AppleScript comes comes like a side product of the main idea. Firstly, I, I just started with shutdowning the computer and, and restarting, sleeping, and this stuff. The Apple script came after this idea. Right, you mean IOF came after that you were working with uh, Apple script? Yeah. Right, so how, do, how long did it take to kind of get your first Apple script up and running? Because, I mean, I know you say it's a dying language. Maybe, maybe that's true. I, I feel like I've heard a few people talk about it, but you know, let's say I want to get into AppleScript and try to write some cool script for my Mac. Like, how long did it take you to write your first script? Is it pretty easy? Yeah, it's pretty easy. And mostly there are already scripts on the internet that you, that you, that oh, you would okay. benefit from. And so how, no. how, how often are you working on IOF? Almost every day. Every time I have some time to work on it. Right, right. Because uh, I don't know that like site. It looks like I don't know. It looks like a like a beautiful huge company or something. Because that site's really <laughs> beautiful. Uh, did you build the site yourself? Yeah, on my own. Wow. So you also know some web development. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm working with web web a lot. I work wow. for uh, about a half year with with web company. I was developing some sites. Wow. Okay. Well, I want to get into the Mac development specifically on, you know, on IOF a little later, but I want to learn about your background, like how you got into programming. You say that you do some web development. Did you start as a web developer or, you know, when did you start programming? Well, I started as a web developer and I was a seventh grade of my elementary school. I started to create some websites, not really good ones, but I get the hang of it, how it works, how it feels. And I mostly do it, did it for the games I was currently playing. So no, none of the, these websites launched for a very, very long time. It worked for a month or two, then I forget it about it, and I never looked at it again and started to create another website for, for another game I was playing. So you said you started programming in seventh grade? Kind of. I was wow. not really programming. I was trying to. Well, you were trying. You were making websites. So you said you were making websites for games that you were playing, like 
uh, content websites or like where you'd share like codes or what exactly were the websites? Uh, about? Content websites, articles about news about the game and that stuff. But I really hate writing the articles, so I always wrote about two articles and then leave it behind and I never look at it back again. <laughs> what were the games that you were playing? Uh, one was Dragon Age, the first one. And the second one was, was Knights and Merchants. It's a really old game, something like Settlers. What, pla what platform? For Windows. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, um, I recently interviewed um, a developer named Just Dave, and he got into programming through gaming too, but his was Xbox. He was like doing these mods. But that's <laughs> interesting. I, I played games when I was younger, but it never led me to think like, I don't know, programming, like going into programming. What do you think it was about about you? Like, What was your situation at the time? You were playing these games on Windows. How did that lead to like, oh, let me make a, a website for this game I really love? How did that happen? I really don't know. I've looked on the internet and there were awesome websites about these games that look so great. And I said, I can do something like this. It would be awesome. That's cool. Do you have any uh, programming in your family? Like is your brother, mom, sister, uncle, you know, grandpa, anybody, are they pro programmers or are you the first programmer in your family? Not exactly. My father just worked with databases like SQL and MySQL. Oh, okay. Stuff. So, you, not, not so that's, but that's like technology related. Yeah, yeah. Do you think maybe that had something to do with it? Absolutely. I look up to my father all the time. He's a great man. I had a computer, you know, at home, but again, it never like I played games. I you know made word art and who knows what else. But yeah, it's weird. It never occurred to me like what is going on inside this uh, this box, and maybe I can you know get into it. But it's interesting. I, uh, to hear stories like yours where, you know, yeah, you're just gaming and then you get into it. Maybe there's someone in your life that kind of made it more likely. Um, but I feel like that's what I'm doing with uh, my meetups is like making it easier and more likely for people to get into this if it's something that they're interested in. Mm -hmm. oh, so I always wanted to create the games and, and I'm working on one right now, but it's on hold right now because I'm working on AIF and it's one of my biggest dreams to create a game. Awesome. What platform are you building the game for? Or do you want to I'm working on, on iPhone. Oh, awesome. So are you, have you looked into what technologies and stuff you're going to use? Like CMK, yeah, SpriteKit? Not, not exactly it with Xcode, but I'm using Unity engine. Oh, Unity. Unity, yeah. Awesome. It's really easier than to build engine from ground up. Just use yeah. already base, base, basic stuff that already exists. I've played around a little bit with game game kit, but nothing like I haven't played with game. Okay, I played with gameplay kit a little bit where you can record like uh, instant replays, mm -hmm. um, but I haven't played with scene kit or sprite kit or anything like that. I don't think, but I, I really want to because it seems those seem like good frameworks to just get up and running with a game. Uh, why are you choosing Unity over, um, you know, SpriteKit or SceneKit, you know, Apple's kind of gaming uh, frameworks? Because I think that the unit is more advanced. There are the basics already built and I don't need to reinvent them again. And right, it's right. much more easier to, to start. Right. Okay, so you're building websites for games that you really like. You're writing like one or two articles and mm -hmm. then you kind of, you're over it. You get, go to the next game or you go to the <laughs> yeah. next website. Uh, how long of a period was that? You said you started in seventh grade. Did this continue it, it, you know, it was, all the way to high school? It was between seventh grade and ninth grade. Okay. And then it, did you continue your interest in, in developing websites through high I, school? I, I still developed a website, but not, not for games. I developed a website for my sister's company. And also I developed a website for my graduation work. In graphic designs, I built a website for it also. <laughs> so this was in high school? Yep. Cool. So what were you, what type of programming was that? Was that like HTML, CSS? Was, was it something like that? Or were you learning JavaScript? And JavaScript and PHP also. Okay, so PHP, is that for the back end? It, it, it's the server side of the web. The server side stuff. Okay, cool. So this is all throughout high school. Did, were you taking classes at, in high school or was this still just something you were doing on, like, on your own time? Just, just as a hobby on my own time. I, I learned from the internet. 
Really? So you didn't take any classes in school? No, no, no. Interesting. How come were there no classes at your high school for computer science? In my high school, no. We were a graphic designer school, so we didn't really look into web development. Interesting. So from from like mid, like what we call middle school, like uh, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and then we go to high school, which is ninth grade. Um, instead of going to like a general high school, you went to a graphic design school. Exactly. Really? So like from the ages like sixteen to eighteen, let's say, uh, you were in graphic design school. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Whoa. Interesting. Okay. Is that is that kind of like unique to Prague? Is that how you guys do it over there? No, it's it's all over the place. I think. Interesting. Okay, but that's the thing is like graphic design and web development are very intertwined, or maybe yeah, they yeah. weren't at the time. Is that just kind of how it is now? It wasn't like that back then. Or I don't know when that was. I don't know how old you are, but currently it's it's really connected. If if you have web design, you can do a great website. You need to work with the the developer needs to work with the designer of the website to make it good. Right, right. But when you were learning it in graphic design school, they didn't have an emphasis on computer science or like, you know, web development? Just the basic one, just HTML and some tables and stuff. Not, 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 nothing advanced. Okay. So you graduated from, I'm, I'm assuming you graduated from graphic design school and huh. you, you continued uh, doing graphic design with web development on the side? Not exactly. I graduated from the designer school and I went to work as a web developer and I worked there for about a half a year. I've learned a lot from them. They're awesome. Really kind to me. If I did screw up anything, they would help me <laughs> to fix it. And then I got back to designers, designers to do. So the first job you had as a programmer was a web developer. Exactly. But that's interesting because you weren't you weren't necessarily studying web development in, in school. No, you were no. doing it, you were doing it in your spare time. But you still were able to get a job as a web developer. Well, it was probably mostly because I knew the, those people there, so <laughs> I think that really helped me to get the job. Definitely, network is really big. You yeah, gotta, gotta <laughs> make sure you get out there and meet people because uh, that yeah, that's definitely how you get opportunities for sure. Okay, so tell us about that that first job as a web developer. What was that like? It was really awesome. I learned a lot. I, I learned PHP there a, a great amount of. I, I work for companies like Pepsi and and other big stuff for Shell and this these companies, which was a really great experience. And so when you first started programming. Uh, what was like the the part of it that was easy to you? Uh, was there was it all just kind of came naturally? You were like this, uh, you know, gamer. You were just super into it, and programming was really easy for you, or um, or or it, maybe it was hard. I mean, what was it? What were like the easy parts, and what were the hard parts? <laughs> I don't really remember what was the easy part, but I always got stuck on some problems and solved it for a month and then I gave up and moved to another project and start from the beginning. So so like to solve the same problem you would stop and then start <laughs> a new pro like start a new project to save this uh, to solve the same problem. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean like uh, you're kind of so focused on this particular problem and you're trying to solve it one way. It's good to kind of stop, take a break, you know, get away from it for a little bit yeah. and uh, kind of see see the problem from a different view and then maybe attack it again. Exactly. Right now I solve problem by by that that I don't work. I do something else and the the problem just solves itself. Just something pops in my head and ta-da, it's, it's solved and I just right. write it. Right. Kind of sometimes like when you're sleeping. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, yeah. yeah. And then you got to get up and you got to write the write the write whatever's in your head while you're sleeping mm -hmm. some dreams or something like that <laughs> so what do you think it is about programming and when you first started it was because you were interested in gaming and you wanted to kind of create these beautiful websites that you were seeing other people creating mm -hmm. um what, what do you think it is a uh, what do you think it was about programming that that got you into it and what is it about programming now that keeps you kind of going at it 
Well, I, I always, I'll always loved technology and always wanted to proceed to forward to learn some new things. And right now, uh, the the inventor uh, and the Internet of Things started. It's even more awesome. Like you can program a light bulb or lock at your doors or start a car with your Apple Watch or something. It's really amazing what you can do with technology today. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm interested in too. All of the really cool things that we can do with it. And that's, it's kind of a, it's a bittersweet, you know, it's like, uh, it's sweet because yes, it's, I'm so excited. I want to program the iPhone. I want to program the iPad, the Mac, the watch, the TV, the light bulb. I want to program and I want to use all these cool frameworks, but then it's kind of bitter because you can't do everything. You, you kind of have to do one thing at a time. There's not enough time to do everything and you know obviously there's the reality of getting a job or making money yeah exactly but you need to focus on one specific thing you can you can jump around at 10 10 projects and then never finish anyone so what else though is it about coding because that's more of like the application uh right because you can be a business person and and uh, work with technology or you can be like a marketer or a designer and work in a technology environment but what specifically do you think it is about coding um, that, you know, that you are now, you know, that you've been a programmer and you still are a programmer? What is it about that kind of act of programming? Mm. Mm, don't really know how to answer to that. <laughs> Sorry. Well, for, no, that's okay. For me, I feel like it is a really interesting expression of both my intellect and my creativity. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes absolute sense. Do you relate to that at all? Yeah, yeah. It's really great to express yourself, not just in my in my way, just the graphic, the looks of it, but in the programming way, how it feels and works and how it can help people. Yeah, there you go. That's interesting, too, how, how uh, it can help people. I often forget about you know, who's going to be using this I'm, when I'm programming, I'm so focused on kind of solving the problem and, and you know, fighting the compiler and, and, you know, and I'm still learning every day. Um, but that's really important. We always have to remember that people are going to be using the software. And, and we are doing mainly for the people, not for ourselves. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. Do you think maybe that's something that you that you like about it? Because for me, one of my main reasons for um programming for building software products is a humanitarian side, bringing people together, um, you know, making it more and easier for us to get together and do things together, um, you know, in a social way. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's something like humanitarian. Is that something that's important to you? Yeah, absolutely. The frameworks that Apple released recently are really interesting, like the health kit or the care kit or what's, what's it called, I don't know, but there yeah. are really interesting frameworks that really, really helps people. Yeah, I was actually talking to a health data scientist last night mm. and I told him about research kit and, and care kit and he's like, yeah, I, I heard about that. I think we need to kind of get that, get that going, get that in uh, our repertoire of uh, collecting data. Um, I played around a little bit with research kit because it has an informed consent uh, like view controller where you can easily get someone's signature. Um, so I was like just playing with that to see if I could use the signature capture for an application I was building. It's pretty cool. It's, it's, uh, it's not too hard to get up and running. Have you looked at it? Because it's open source. Have you looked at it at all? No, not, not yet. I, it would be interesting to look at it, but I, don't, I have currently other problems to solve. Yeah, I know, right? It's it's an Objective C too, which is interesting. So uh, I, I'm not fan yeah. of Objective C. <laughs> you tried learning Objective C? Yeah, I tried, but after a few months, I gave up because it was too messy for me. <laughs> when did you try to start learning Objective C? Um, about a year before I tried, I started on Swift, something like that. So, so for me, I started learning Objective C January 2014. And so that was like right before Swift came out. And uh, yeah, yeah, I was like, Sim similar to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I wonder what it is because um, a lot of people say that. A lot of people say, uh, you know, I tried to learn Objective C and it just was, you know, too hard. But now, like Swift, I just feel like it's just the verbosity, all, you know, all the different 
brackets and asterisks and, uh, and semicolons. I think that the biggest problem with Objective-C is that it has two files for every, every one that Swift has. In one you store variables and in the other one you store metals and you, you need to synthesize those variables to access them in the metals and that stuff. I don't think that's really a friendly approach to this problem. That is such a good point. I've always kind of known that in the back of my mind, but never really like registered it. You're exactly right. That was always so confusing to me. Like, okay, you have a header file and a main file. Yeah. You like declare stuff in the header, but all the real goods are in the main. Yeah. So just from like a Xcode project kind of management, like metaphor, it's you're right. It's like it's not a good model. At least it, it doesn't make as much sense to me. Uh, it took me about a week or so to get the hang of it, how, how you synthesize those things and how, it, how you do you make it work together at, at all. So before we get into Swift, I want to ask uh, a couple things. Have you, like, do you remember anybody as you were, you know, going through your programming, um, you know, uh, lessons, uh, you know, your experience from seventh grade to where you are now? Do you remember anybody in particular that was like pretty inform uh, informative or impactful, like one of your mentors or a friend that you were programming with together, or did you kind of just do it alone? Well, my mo mostly I did alone, but when I got the first web, web development job, there was, was a colleague that is really awesome at making websites. He did, did he does this for about ten years, and he I learned from him from him a lot of. He was a good, really great mentor for me. Right, because when I first started learning, I was pretty much just by myself learning, and I created the meetup, which attracted people like me and people who were smarter than me too. And uh, I realized it was like just a great way to kind of get out and not be so isolated and to learn from other people and teach other people. Um, so it sounds like you, you had that. I, I know some people out there that are listening – they kind of feel isolated. They're just uh, learning by themselves. Um, it's important to go out there and try to find those peers or your mentors. Yeah, exactly. Some, it, it's hard for some people, though, because maybe they're isolated. Um, I know we talked about this a little bit before, um, where you feel like there aren't any iOS developers or Apple developers. What would you say to somebody who maybe is in a smaller town uh, to kind of get out there and, and to find somebody like a mentor like you had? Just to put themselves out there on the internet and someone will notice them so they could talk to each other and learn from each other. That's probably the best way to get to know someone, to not be afraid and put yourself out, out there. I agree. I agree. I put myself out there every day on Twitter and I see a lot of people doing that. And, and I, I really am honest when I say it. I'm very sincere. Hit me up on Twitter and I'll, you know, I'll help you with whatever I can help you with um, because, yeah, it's, it's the community that we're building is a community that we want to be a part of. And, yeah, just as Hansa said, definitely don't be afraid. Reach out to, to people and because it's tough when you're just trying to learn by yourself. It's really good to be able to get out there and meet other, you know, meet other developers and learn together. Yeah, the Twitter is a really great platform for this to put your, put your work or yourself out there to get to know people. Totally. Okay, so before we uh, go to you know your experience with Swift, I want to thank Opods. Opods is a co-working space in downtown LA, Little Tokyo. Uh, they are so cool. They let uh, they welcomed Learn Swift LA. We meet there every other Wednesday. Uh, shout out to Hi. And uh, yeah, so if you're, you know, if you're ever in the LA area or if you live in LA, definitely go visit Opods. Um, so just think, you know, if you're not familiar with co-working space, people, you know, rent desks or rent uh, offices, and uh, it's usually people in technology or creative spaces. So it's a really cool place to work. Uh, and uh, you, know, you can have a membership and go there rather than going to a coffee, to a coffee, to a coffee, sh coffee shop, coffee shop. And go there and work or get yourself surrounded by other people who are doing similar things. Really cool. So thank you so much to Opods for having us, um, you know, there. If we didn't have you to meet there every other week, I would have to work, you know, twice as hard to try to find a place to meet every other week. And because we have this place where we can meet every week, 
Um, it's allowing our community to be like more solid and grow. And it's been really amazing. The people that have been coming out so consistently. Um, shout out to everybody. Learn with LA. I love you guys. All right. So Hansa, tell us about your experience with Swift. When did you start learning it? It was announced G- uh, June 2014. Uh, do you remember when it was announced? Not exactly. I, I know that I was looking at the presentation and I was really excited about it, but I don't really remember when it was. Yeah, so I, I don't remember too much. I I remember watching the keynote because I always watch the keynotes. Yeah, me too. At least for the last like you know few years, maybe since the iPhone. Actually, no, all the iPod ones too. Anyway, so Swift is announced. I don't remember where I was or anything like that, but I do remember being pretty shocked. And uh, I, I kind of, I followed it. I watched all the videos, but I wasn't really into programming at the time, were, you know, as I am now. Mm-hmm. Were you, because you were learning Objective-C and then you, you know, you stopped, right? You, you were like, this is not for me. And then you saw Swift. Did you kind of pick it up right at that point or? Not, not, not exactly. I, I was at the time creating that my game and I was really into it. So I said myself, that I would wait a while to finish this game, which I didn't. And after that, I will start learning Swift, but I got into the work then and stopped creating the game. And I said, told myself that the Swift could be interesting. So I started to working on iOS. When was that exactly? Was it around around the time Swift came out or was it uh, a little uh, after? about a half year it came out something like okay that. yeah i mean i was following swift pretty much the whole time but i didn't really go head first into it until about january 2015 so when you first started to learn swift how did you go about it did you read uh the apple book the swift book yeah i read uh, about a half of it but then i stopped i forgot about it and i never came back to it which i would love to and i would love to finish reading the book yeah, I didn't read it cover to cover. Uh, Hi and Yareev tell me I need to read that thing. Hi calls it the Bible. Um, I <laughs> I've read you know a few you know a good number of the chapters kind of out of order. I go to it when I need it. Uh, for me, at the time when I was first learning, it wouldn't have made sense to just read this book because I had no idea what the point of any of it was. Like, how do you apply it? But now that I have an understanding of how you apply uh, programming, you know, solutions. Uh, you know, like the, the different structures and the functions and whatever it is, all of that in the, in the library and in that book. Now that I understand how you apply all that, it would make more sense for me to to, to read it. Uh, is that is that you sort of relate to that? I mean, you yeah. read half of it. Yeah, exactly. When I was reading it, I didn't really understand it. So I stopped and I started to write something. And if I probably if I look at it right now, I would understand it much more and, and it would probably give me much more. So when you say you uh, put it down and you started writing stuff, you mean you actually started writing uh, a Mac application? Yeah, exactly. You... I started to write the iOS. So how, I don't know anything about Mac uh, applications. All I know is that you're using AppKit versus UIKit mm-hmm. and you're using uh, Windows or at least there's window management as opposed to like an iPhone or an iPad has one window Mac apps can have multiple windows. Yeah, yeah. And so there's like this kind of, there's like a difference there. Um, can you tell us like, how did you get started? Uh, are you familiar at all with iOS development? Not really. I, I didn't do anything big with iOS. I tried, but didn't really finish anything or at all. Uh, okay. So, so I can compare, I can com- can't compare it. Mac development right. and iOS development. Right. Okay. But I mean, so how did you get started? Because I know there's an, a Mac, I guess it's OS X or Mac. No, it's Mac developer library, just like iOS mm-hmm. developer library. Did you just go to the developer library or how did you get started? Because there's so many tutorials and resources out there for iOS. Is it similar similar for Mac or how, how did you get started? Well, I just started to Googling stuff I, and learning and copying and getting inspired by, by other codes and just try things, just trial and error and that stuff. For some reason, when I think about Mac development, for some reason, I don't know why, it just sounds like, it just seems harder. I don't know why. Do you think that's a, 
do you think that's absurd? It's unreasonable, probably. I mean, I don't know anything about Mac development, really, so it's probably wrong for me to think that. But I what think, do you think? I mean, was it pretty easy in your, you know, at least to kind of get up and running and, and get started? I think it's a little bit harder because the Mac library is much older and it's it's much messier than the I, I, iOS library, which is newer and cleaner. But I don't think it's that, that much harder than the iOS development. Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, how long has that been then that you've been working on IOP? For about a year, something like that. Okay, and how would you say you're you're at like from where you started, where you started learning Mac uh, Mac development using Swift to where you are now? Would you say that you know you have a good you know kind of trajectory, or has it been pretty successful so far? So far, yeah. I'm just before releasing a beta for my IOP, so I think it's going to be good, and I hope it's going to be good. We'll see in a few months or so that uh, I will release it out. So IOF is in beta? Uh, right now for friends and in the near future, I'm planning to put a private beta for other people. I'm going to, we're, we're friends now, right? So like yeah. I can I can get a beta invite code, right? Sure, we're sure. <laughs> nice. All right, cool. I want to try it out. So yeah, I'm just I'm really curious more about Mac development. Like, so the main framework is AppKit, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, what's the main sort of thing? You're still working with views, right? Yeah, we have view, you, you know, view UI controls view. and window controls. Wait, so but it's not UI view. That's UI Kit, right? So yeah. what's is it? Just view or NS view? NS view. <laughs> ah, interesting. Okay, but. You can use Swift. I mean, it's like Swift is a first-class language for for AppKit for Mac development, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so like all of the APIs and everything you have access. There's Swift, you know, Swift APIs and everything. No, they are written Objective C, but I think it's same with iOS development that they are written in right. Objective C, and still you can use use them with Swift. Right, yeah, I don't know how that works exactly. It's like maybe there's a bridging header or something probably, like that. Probably, I think that's, that's something like that, probably. Okay, okay. So what would you say came easy to you? Uh, you come from a web development background mm-hmm. and you're moving into Mac development with Swift. What was sort of familiar to you? Well, since I worked with JavaScript before, that then the syntax came really easy for me. And... And, but the biggest problem now when I'm working with Swift and then I'm transferred to other, other language that I need to put semicolons in, in the end of the lines and brackets where I don't need to in Swift and that stuff. So I'm really angry that I always forget those things. Okay, so the language is somewhat similar, you're saying, like to the JavaScript that you yeah, write yeah, is somewhat sur- similar to, to, to Swift. The basics are almost almost identical. Okay. So would you say that JavaScript developers that they, you know, it's kind of it'll be familiar for them. They're at somewhat of an advantage, or it'll be easier for them to learn Swift because they have that JavaScript background. I think so. Interesting. Okay. And then in terms of like a framework or platform or environment, kind of uh, where on the web you're, you know, writing HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and you know maybe you're doing it in a text editor or whatever the, that platform is versus Mac development. You're using Xcode and AppKit. Mm-hmm. What was was there? What was there? Like, was it easy? What was familiar on? Was that kind of was it familiar at all, or was it just totally different? It wasn't familiar familiar at all. The Xcode environment so is really what, really different than the web web ideas right. or or development. So what, I mean, was it, you just kind of had to start over, like none, nothing of your experience with web development helped? Or, I mean, there had to be something that kind of so made something, it. Something, something helped, but the Xcode is so much bigger than the, the editors I used for web development. I see. So one of the things that was difficult was kind of understanding this ID yeah. and getting your head around it. it, it was, yeah, me too. It was really messy for me. There were so much things that I needed to learn. Yeah. I agree with that. I remember the first time I opened up Xcode and it's like there's so many buttons and <laughs> fields and what do I press and what don't I press and what can I delete and what can I delete? And uh, that's one thing I always tell my meetup members is like I want to show them what we can delete and what we maybe don't want to delete. 
I don't know everything about Xcode yet, but uh, I think it's important to definitely understand that IDE. So it's not really familiar at all. In web development, you don't use something like Xcode? Yeah, of course you, you use, but since the software is really expensive for like Xcode for web development, so I use just plain text editor. I see. Okay. What, what was that program that's expensive? What's it called? Um, PHP Storm. It's it's really PHP great, but Storm. it's really expensive, and okay. you, you so need to like pay for IDE. it every. Yeah, exactly. It's an IDE for web development. Exactly. Okay, interesting. And uh, one thing I want to talk about is like in that kind of in that those challenges, like that difficulty. You're moving from web development into Mac development, and you're you know you're looking at Xcode. And you're saying, man, this looks kind of hard. Like, how you obviously overcame those. How did you? How did you do that? Because a lot of our listeners out there are in that same situation. They're working with Xcode, uh, and they're coming from another place, or maybe they've never uh, worked with programming before. Like, how did you personally overcome those? Well, it was simply just sitting behind the computer, wrapping my head around how to, how to do it, just thinking, looking two hours to the screen, and thinking how to do it, Googling for stuff, and finding a solution for that problem. One of the things I think it's important to remember is like we can't really break any of this stuff, right? Like You can't really make a mistake. But when I feel like when I first started out, and even still, like when we're working with it, it's like I'm kind of scared to touch a button because <laughs> I don't know what that button's going to do. But I feel like with programming, it really is all about experimentation. Yeah, exactly. It's trial and error all the time. Right, right. So uh, maybe that's a really good way to overcome those challenges. Definitely, you've got to put in the work. And as we said before, step away from the computer, go to sleep, yeah. and maybe, maybe it'll come to you. But uh, experiment. Feel free to try, to try and to err, you know, to, to, to fail, right? Um, Go ahead. Yeah, programming isn't about sitting behind the computer and just writing things. It's about solving the problem outside of your room where your computer is. It's about solving the problem, finding the solution for it, and just figuring out stuff. So one thing I want to talk about is your favorite way to learn right now, uh, learning Mac development, learning Swift. Like what, how do you go about it? Let's say there is a new feature you want to add to IOF and it's, uh, you need, you think you need to use maybe a new framework that you never worked before. How do you go about learning it? Are you someone that just wants to read all about it, like read all the documentation or do you like to do a tutorial or read a blog post about it, or watch a video? What's your kind of learning style? Well, the first thing I always do is to look something up on Google, or Stack Overflow, or something like that. And I, then I write something, then I learn something more about that topic, how to write it better, and just rewrite it, and this goes again and again till I'm, till I'm comfortable with how that looks and works. Also, I... Mm -hmm read out of the Apple documentations or watch VVDC videos. Yeah, right, WWDC videos for sure. So what about like favorite blog uh, blogs or, you know, video? Do you like uh, Ray Wendelik, for instance? Yeah, or, he's great. Know, Jesse Squires or... Ray Wendelik is my favorite one. He has great tutorials for that. And finally, lately, he started OS6 Feast, I think it's called. He, right. he before has the iOS feast, and now it's finally OS X feast, so I can finally learn something from him. Cool. All right. You know, um, Hi, our Learn Swift LA member, he actually is uh, like a Mac developer, or at least he's like an editor on the Ray Wenderlich's Mac team. Cool. So like he edits the, the Mac articles, he says. So um, I should put you in touch with him because you can pick his brain on, you know, your experience with his experience with Mac development, any questions you might have, he's super nice and he can, you know, he's, he's always um, open to help. And he's like a Swift genius. This guy like read the book cover to cover. He's like reading um, functional programming in Swift by Abja CO or whatever, Objective-C and the uh, advanced Swift. Like he's, he's all about functional programming in Swift. He's crazy. And do you get into that at all, the functional stuff? 
not yet. I'm looking around it and finding a way why I uh, why I would need it and didn't really find a way I would need it right now. But I would love to look into it. Yeah, it's not necessarily needed. It's kind of just a quicker and easier way to do things. Um, and it's there's so much like kind of myth around functional programming, I feel like, or like this, like functional programming is this like notorious B.I.G. or something. But it's very simple when it comes down. There's just some a few functions, at least like the main things. There's a few functions like map, filter, reduce, flat map, uh, flatten. I'm missing some, I'm sure. And uh, they essentially do the same thing that you would do in, you know, some other sort of function that you might create, but they just do it kind of in like one line. Um, so I feel like I've been kind of scared about, you know, getting into functional programming. I feel like a lot of people talk about it like it's this crazy thing. But we went over it at one of our meetups and uh, Hi showed us like a few of the functions and it's it's pretty basic, but very powerful. Cool. Uh, for me, the functional programming, it's right now really, really hard for me. It's something totally different from normal programming for, and I don't understand it totally right now. Yeah, again, it's, it's not necessary really to use, but it, it is pretty interesting. I, I use it sometimes. So what's one thing that you're learning uh, next for Mac development, for IOF, for instance? Let's say you have a new feature. What's like something new that you have to learn, a new framework for, for Mac development? Or, or maybe, a new maybe a new language feature. Yeah, what's like something new that you're going to learn? Or I, have, I, I don't know, I'm in the testing stage right now, but so I don't need to learn anything more. But I would love to learn animations. They're, they're, they, they really interest me. Right now I know all in basics like fade-outs and moving elements, but I would love to learn some morphs and more advanced stuff to make the app interesting more. Yeah, so how do you get into that? Because I am familiar with UIKit animations, and I'm familiar a little bit with UIKit dynamics. But are you talking about a little bit more powerful animations, like core animation? Yeah, it's like transforming some, like moving people or transforming sounds or that, that stuff. Would that be for the gaming interest that you have, or is this something that you can just apply into a non-gaming app? Oh, oh, not not uh, I. Not not the gaming. I would I got idea for another really simple app, but the animations would be crazy for that. So I would love to apply it on the, on that. So, because yeah, like I'm familiar with um, you know like UI. Well, okay. So I, I this is iOS. So it's interesting. Like we have to kind of think about how to talk. You know, <laughs> but I'm sure it's it's very similar. Yeah, so I think so. IOS. Yeah, so in iOS, you have we work with UI views. You work with NS views. So UI view has these, uh, I believe they're called class functions, mm -hmm. you know, where you can do UI view dot animate and like animate yeah, with yeah. duration, animate with duration block completion mm -hmm. or whatever. Exactly. So so you have that too, like NS view dot animate with duration? Yeah, it's it's a little bit different from the iOS, or a little bit forced written in my opinion. But it's in the core basics are the same. Okay, and then I'm familiar a little bit with UIKit dynamics, like adding gravity or collision, like these behaviors. Um, so, but what is that? What's have you started looking into core animation? Like, what is? How do you kind of get up and, and running with that? Have you started looking into it or? Not exactly. As I said, I currently know only fade outs and moving elements, so okay. I didn't really look into advanced stuff. Yeah, I want to look into that. I'm, I haven't really looked into it though. I'm just right now like I've done some pretty basic animations, like changing the alpha, like yeah. fading, as you said, fading in, fading out. Um, what else? I've done some like gravity, but yeah, animation is cool. I, at first, I was like kind of scared by it, but yeah, it, the, it can be real messed animations. Yeah, but the you know the UI or the animate with duration that kind of stuff. It was pretty, pretty you know easy to get started with. We actually had a little uh, meetup um, on that. We we showed the members kind of how to get kind of get going with that. Cool. So uh, one thing I wanted to talk about is how do you stay up to date? Um, it sounds like you work with uh, Mac development as much as you can. Hopefully every day. <laughs> I um, try to. Is Mac development not like iOS where it's like changing a lot? But I, I mean, I guess. It, 
Yeah, I don't know, because I don't really follow it that much. Is it change a lot? Like at DubDub, they're always announcing new stuff for iOS. Are, is it the same for Mac? Are they always announcing new frameworks and new technologies for the Mac too? No, no, the, the frameworks are still right now. Nothing really new lately. The only, only thing that's changed is the language Swift, which is right, the okay. same with iOS development. So how do you stay up to date with Swift? Because things are changing, you know, they change so fast. We're already at Swift 2.2 and, uh, you know, we're moving towards 3.0. How do you stay up to date with all the changes? Well, mainly through Twitter. There are, there are also are, there are a lot of awesome articles that, that I can read and I, it's really hard to keep up to read all, all articles I want to read. And mainly I read it, the blogs from Ray Winderley and Natasha the Robot. That's also a great source of information. Right, right. Yeah, love love Natasha. Would want to get her on the podcast one of these days. She is a Swift rock star. I heard she's doing uh, Try Swift in New York, and who knows, maybe she'll come to L.A. too. Yeah, I, I heard something about that. Yeah, she's a traveler. Maybe you'll see her in Prague one day. <laughs> that would be you, awesome. Have, so I was following the Natasha the Nomad, but I don't remember. Do you, do you know if she came to Prague? I'm sure she has, or maybe she has plans. You should hit her up on Twitter and be like, hey, Next time you're in Prague, or if you're planning on coming to Prague, hit me up. <laughs> okay, I will do that. That would be great. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Cool. So what would you say makes a good Mac developer? Um, I feel like I know what makes a good iOS developer. Do you think it's essentially the same thing? Or or what, what would you say like makes a good Mac developer? Well, that would be great Mac developer for me. For uh, in my opinion, is that the one that follows the Apple frameworks of how the app feels, looks, so it doesn't look out of the place, and that it's secure for, to use sandbox. Interesting. Okay, so that's one thing maybe we don't really have to think about in iOS, um, like security and sandboxing. Can you? Are you familiar with that at all? Can you tell us about that? Uh, the sandboxing is, in, in my opinion, a it's the same in this iOS development. Oh, okay. 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 So what what else? Is there anything in particular to, to Mac development that you think makes a good developer, Mac developer? Mm, I don't know. Well, when you say the sandboxing, I feel like on Mac, it's more of like the wild, wild west. You can kind of like do anything on a Mac. You know, you could download programs from safari and install them and you can i don't know you can drag and drop things from one thing to another like one app to another you can't really do that kind of stuff on ios so is there i wonder if there's like additional security concerns like did you have to think about that at all for for ioff yeah absolutely i needed to talk about because the ioff works with power management system AppleScript, which could be really easily exploited if it wasn't for sandbox so i really needed to think about that and it okay. wasn't the biggest problem for me. Let's talk more about that. Like what, yeah, what did you use for, for IOF? Like how does that work? How do you have access? So the Apple script has access to turning off the computer or, yeah, or yeah, how, yeah. how does that work? Yeah. Well, with the sandbox, it should, and in the basic setup, it doesn't have access to anything to, with the Apple script in, besides controlling itself the app but you can't control other apps. But if there's a special folder for your app, for every app, that you can save script to, and the, write can, the app can read from that folder, but can't write to it. So if you have a specific script in that folder, so then it can control other apps and the system and that stuff. Yeah, see, I don't think you can do that kind of stuff on iOS. So that's interesting. That's like another thing you have to kind of think about is you sort of have more control over the computer on, on, on Mac, right? Like you can do more to the system. Yeah, you, you can, can affect the system more. Yeah, absolutely. With, with in iOS, you can't control other apps. You can you can't communicate with other apps. But with Mac, you can. It's really limited with the sandbox, but you can. That's interesting. What what would you say? Uh, for someone who's coming from uh, from like web development and they're going to to let's say Mac development, would you say that it's like, w from your experience was it 
kind of easy to kind of get to where you are now? Because um, I don't know, I, I kind of want to, I want to look into Mac development, but I also know that, you know, there might be people who come from a web background, they're thinking about developing for Apple, and but maybe they're thinking about doing a Mac app. Do you feel like they're, you know, they're well suited, like they'll be prepared, they'll have it kind of easy on themselves to, to get into it? Well, it, it's, I don't think it's really easy because in the web, you, the UI elements are really easy to create, but in, in Mac development or in a native development, it's really, really different to create the UI for the app. It was the biggest problem for me because in web de development, you have the tags and stuff that you can mark up and they're easily styled. But with Mac development or iOS development, you, it's, it's much harder to, to build some UI and style it in a way you want to. Wait, why is that though? Why is that more difficult? I mean, doesn't uh, Mac, doesn't the Mac app kit like provide basic views that you can kind of construct and constrain? Yeah, of course you can, but if you want a button to look a certain way, not the default way, it's it's much harder to style it than, than in web development. Really? Okay, I guess I haven't really done custom buttons, for instance. I've pretty much used system buttons before. So <laughs> yeah, yeah me, I... me too. I didn't really get into it too much. Okay. Well... I want to hear about, we were talking a little bit about kind of being isolated and learning. And, and one of the times we talked before, we were talking about, you know, other iOS developers or Mac developers or Swift developers in Prague. And I want to talk about that. So since the last time we talked, have you made any discoveries? Have you found any other Swift developers in your area? Well, I didn't, but I remembered one more friend. I don't know if he's Objective-C developer or Swift. It's my ex-colleague. So maybe he's working with Swift, so I may contact him and talk about stuff with him to learn okay. from each other. But Prague is like a big city, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, there's got to at least be, I don't know, uh, uh, I don't know, a million people or something, right? It's in the millions. Yeah, yeah, million. So I wonder, there's got to be developers there. Oh, remember I was telling you about uh, my friend who had developers contacts? I think the contacts I talked to him, they're actually in Belgrade. So they're not in Prague. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and obviously that's not very close to where you it's are. It's not really close to me. Um, but I mean, there's got to be developers out there. Mm -hmm. And like, how do you go out and find them? I think you'd start, I would say you start a meetup. I don't know how active people in Prague are on meetup. I don't um, have you looked have you looked at other meetups um, in any other like interest area, not not just like Swift or, uh, or Mac development? Yeah. Like, are there? Yeah, there, there so, are. Sorry. Okay, so there's other kinds of meetups on Meetup in Prague. <laughs> yeah, there are, okay. but not, not too much. Not too much. Okay. So have you? Last time we talked, I mentioned to you that I think one of the ways you could find those people is by starting a meetup, and that you should. And I could help you with that. Have you thought? Um, have you thought more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I thought about that, and I think that's a great idea. And when I finish at least one of my projects right now, then I will probably start one. If, All right, cool. If, so if yeah, you're ready you, to help me. <laughs> yeah, hit me up. I'll help you get it started. Great. And um, you just you don't really have to do anything. You just put it up there, and if you see that people start joining, then you know that that's a good way to find those people, and that those people are, are out there. But let's think of the other ways that you can find the, these people that are out there. Think about all the companies that might be in your area that might have iOS developers that work for them. There might be um, uh, startups based in Prague. There might be government institutions that have an iOS or a Mac app. Uh, you know, for instance, oh, someone that I recently um, interviewed he makes uh, an, an iOS app for the Department of Water and Power for his like his city, right? Um, there might be different like creative agencies, like kind of the create. You you work for a creative agency, right? Yeah, exactly. I work. Yes, so there might be like a creative agency that has a mobile development like side. So you gotta get creative. If if I know you're very busy with iOff and, and doing that, but if you are feeling isolated or you have an interest in meeting other iOS developers, you've got to get creative and, and find you know, different ways to find them. Yeah, probably 
<laughs> the thing that would really help if I would talk Czech on the internet, that probably would really help to get to know people from from around Prague. That probably would help a lot to get to know people here in Czech. Yeah, and then you you know you could start building that community because imagine there's a bunch of people just like you who who are wanting to learn, get into this, but are feeling kind of isolated. And and look, there's nothing wrong with learning by yourself. But it's always great to learn with other people, to give back and to receive. Yeah, you it's, know? it's much easier because you can help each other and work with work together on a specific project or, or solve some problem. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I don't know if I would be here right now if it wasn't for my meetup. <laughs> like going to that meetup, and it wasn't easy, but like going to that meetup every week and giving myself to to the members and giving back getting back from them like i got so much positive encouragement and feedback from them that made me feel like i could do it kept me motivated and, and made it so i can keep going yeah absolutely i think that that that's it's a really great way to to get to know people all right so you heard it here first on swift coders hansa and i we're making a deal once he launches iof and has time to get his meetup going i'm helping him and we're gonna do it and uh you know yeah you're gonna have a meetup in prague and you're gonna be like everyone's gonna come to you and you guys are gonna meet and you guys are just gonna blast off yeah it's gonna i'm be awesome. looking forward to it it'll be awesome yeah and if you're listening you should do that too if you don't have a meetup in your area you should start it um, and if you if there is one you should go out there don't be afraid go out there even if you think they might be too advanced, don't worry about it. When I first started, I would go to Cocoa Heads. I would go to NS Coders. And these are advanced programmers. But I, it didn't matter. And they were so nice. You know, and they helped me get to where I am. So, yeah, don't be afraid. Do it. Okay, Hansa, before we go, where can people contact you online? Well, the best place to contact me is Twitter. At Klaviste, which is my nickname there. Yeah, what's the story behind that, Klaviste? Well, the first part, the claw, is from a game I played when I was young. And the second part is, I, the claw is really, of, it's really often nicknamed, so I just made that part up to, to distinguish okay. from other names. It's like a, like a ick, like a, like a, like, you know, like kind of like a... Like a little claw or... Yeah, maybe. Like, I don't really right, know what like it means. Oh, okay. All right. Well, cool. Well, there it goes. The gaming again. How important the gaming is to, to you. Yeah. So what about IOF? Can people contact you through there? Are you accepting beta invita invitations yeah, to yeah. all our uh, Swift Coders listeners? On the website, I have a forum where can they fill their email in and I will then choose a few people from, from, from those who register there to, and I'll send them beta. All right, cool. Are you using uh, TestFlight? Can you use TestFlight for Mac apps? I can. I'm using a hockey app. It's from Microsoft. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I heard of hockey. Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't worked with it, but I've heard of it. Wait, so why did you did you look into using TestFlight? Why not try TestFlight? TestFlight is only for for iOS, not for Mac. Oh that is my the better gosh. part. Wow, which, I didn't know that. Which really bugs me because I would love to use this flight. <laughs> oh man. Aw. Well, hopefully, hopefully Apple will kind of get Mac. You know, they're saying they're going to change it to Mac OS. Hopefully, they'll kind of make Mac. You know, go back to the Mac, right? Yeah, I, I hope. Mean, I hope. Yeah, because obviously we need our Macs to to program. It's powerful, but I just feel like iOS is such a better platform like uh the software yeah it's you it's know? new and much more interesting and you can take the phones or ipads with you everywhere so it's much more useful than than the mac it's but I mean, so much I more like casual yeah but it's also like my mac is always kind of crashing or, or slow or you know it takes forever to like load when i restart it right it takes forever to, mm. to, to start up whereas the iphone and ipad it's just like instant I wonder what that is, and hopefully they'll kind of improve the Mac to make it more. Uh... It's probably yeah, because in iPhones and iPads you have faster days than in, in Mac. 
Right, it's like a different uh, architecture, right? Yeah, you have the it, Intel it, versus the ARM chip. No, no, no. It, in Mac, in older Mac, you have HDD, and in phones you have flash memory, which is so much faster. Oh, I see. Yeah, I don't know what's in my iMac or my. I think my MacBook Air is a flash, but I'm not um, sure. I have to check. The SSDs in the Macs are since 2013, since the Retina came out on Mac. Oh, I see. Okay, so you even though you have solid state, it's yeah. like is is solid state. That's flash, right? It's like yeah, a, it's, it's, it's not a spinning hard drive. Exactly. It's it's not physical. It's digital. But you're saying the flash in the iPhone and iPad is just way better. Yeah, it's so much faster than the HDD. Uh, it, it's similar to SSD, but it's not exactly the same. At least I think. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Little tangent there, little side, little sidebar. All right, cool. So before we end, one piece of advice for people learning Swift. Go. Well, it really depends, but in my opinion, and if you're like me, you can learn just by theory. You need to learn by coding and doing something. So start a project, and it, it, you don't need to really finish the project, but just the hang, get the hang of it, and try how it feels and how it looks, the creating and programming of an app. I wholeheartedly agree. Great advice. Don't just learn in a vacuum. Don't just learn by theory. Apply what you're learning. Create a project, hopefully a passion project, something to get you through it. Yeah, you need yeah. to enjoy it and it make, needs to make you happy. Totally, totally agree. Great advice. Okay, Hansa Prokesh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, sharing your story with us. Telling us about you know how you got to where you are now. Telling us about iOff and your Mac development, and you know learning about AppleScript. I'm gonna go check out AppleScript. It sounds really interesting. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on, and uh, you know I hope everything is great over there in Prague. I can't wait to come visit you one day. And again, when it will let's be get that here. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> Definitely, and let's get that meetup started, man. I'm telling yeah. you, it's gonna be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. It will be great. Right on. All right. So thank you so much for coming on. I'll talk with you later. Okay. Have, have a nice day. Bye. And that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Swift Coders podcast. Feel free to share the show with a friend, leave a review on iTunes, or recommend us on Overcast. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to say hi, contact me on Twitter. Until next time, go swiftly, my friends.